Welcome to Pleb Chain Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, to episode number 44 of Pleb Chain Radio. Today is Friday, January the 19th. It is 6.30 p.m. on the East Coast of the United States at the time of recording. We have a great show in store for you today. Arkinox joins us to talk about all the other stuff that you've been missing out on, on Nostra. Before that, after a long uh, break, we have Condalorian joining us from the Nostra Report to lead us through the lightning round, a weekly recap of all news, Bitcoin, and Nostra. Before that, we have our sermon today, and the sermon is the other stuff. And QW, you know, when I just take a step back and think about how, you know, most art and innovation happens, right? It happens at the boundaries of convention, when people are pushing those boundaries, not at the center of convention typically, but it's when people are pushing those boundaries. And, the, and that's what widens the Overton window and the culture as a whole benefits from that expansion. Now, if you have art and innovation that's way outside those boundaries, it typically tends to get lost. So there's, there is that balance that needs to be struck so that the Overton window expands just that little bit and the culture benefits as a whole. And on a similar note, will Nostra's killer app, you know, the one that allows it, it to uh, break through the Overton window, is that going to be another social media clone, QW, or is it really going to be something in the other stuff, you know, the, the other stuff that's at the boundaries of convention, whereas the social media clone is really at the center? What do you think? I think it's an interesting point, but I also think people are just really slow with technology. Um, you know, we, we, we jump to the next thing. Um, we just, we got to break the shackles of that legacy mindset where, you know, people keep saying, oh, this is, you know, Noster, um, you know, Noster or Blue Sky, Noster or Twitter. Um, it's completely not comparable, but yet it's what everyone compares it to. They just cannot get out of it. Uh, you know, they're comparing their screen time. Oh, how much was I on Twitter today? How much was I on, uh, let's say, Damas today? Um, you know, it, it's it's much more than that. Um, you got to stop thinking like, uh, you know, Nostra's a Twitter clone. Um, the replacement doesn't, you know, the, the replacement doesn't sell, the protocol does. So when, when people come over, they're just like, oh, this is just another Twitter. Uh, this is just another Deadbird app, whatever. Um, and, and really, they're not grasping the full concept of what they're actually stepping into. And that's why that other stuff is kind of those aha moments that, you know, it's one thing to switch client to client. Um, let's say I'm, I'm going to Amethyst, now I'm going to Primal, now I'm going to Coracle, and, and that's cool. I mean, there is power in that where you can save your, you, you can, you can migrate your social graph, all your, all your followers, all your friends are still there. Uh, you post one place and, it, and it's still on the next place. I mean, there is power in that and in truly owning your identity uh, through an insect or your, your private key, there's absolute power in that. But what, 
what I think the big selling point um, is going to be all the interoperability, the meshing of all these clients um, in this open source community. Uh, that's what's going to sell. Um, I mean, let's just case in point. Let's say uh, I do a value for value show, uh, Culture Shock. Let's just throw it out there, uh, February 17th. And I have Toonster uh, going live. But then Toonster's feeding into Amethyst, which is showing the video live. Um, all these all these people can watch this video. Um, they can jump on Toonster if they want, but uh, you know they can zap. Everybody can you know this this whole ecosystem talks to each other. It works together. Um, so it's not this. Oh well, it's just another social clone. Um, that's just you, you, once you see that, you cannot unsee that. And I think that's what the true power of the other stuff is. And the way it's going to come about in 2024, uh, I think it's really going to blow some minds. But people need to be patient with the protocol to understand the protocol. Yeah, I think you you touched upon a, a really critical point there, QW. <clears throat> it's not just the innovation around the edges. Uh, the, uh, on, and in Nostra's case, it's obviously on the other stuff. And what our, uh, we'll get into that with our guest. But the magic is there's that which then interoperates with the rest of the ecosystem. Uh, and that, that truly is the beauty of this open protocol that we're all on. Yeah. And, and then you look at the ethos of everything where, you know, the community, uh, <laughs> this is just the technology we're talking about, but the community of builders, the community of plebs, the, the encouragement, the hope. Um, you know, that's another magical standpoint where, you know, you want to build your graph where it matters, um, where there is purpose, um, and especially where there's freedom. And and the, the way we're going, um, man, that's it, it's just so beautiful the way it all works together. Uh, and I think that's the way forward. Um, I can see it. I'm super bullish. I couldn't be more excited. I, I can't wait to put these things in motion, um, even in, on a local level, which I'm going to do. Um, but I, it, it's just so fun to be able to be the presenter of stuff like this. And that's what I'm going to be doing. And uh, I, I'm putting my graph, my social graph, my energy where it matters. And that's in this protocol. Well said, QW. And with that, it is time to turn it over to our dear friend, Gondolorian, whom we know as Korn, to lead us through the lightning round. Korn, welcome back after a long break. Yeah, what what is up with that, Korn? You can't just take vacations like that. Well, you know, I like to spread the love around. <clears throat> the germs? <laughs> spread the germs around. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually opening a, opening another cough drop as we speak. Yeah, I was telling you guys before the show started. <clears throat> man, it's been a a series of one bug after the other since about Christmas, uh, cycling through our family. So, what's that about, poke, Pokemon? You got to catch them all, type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're about over this one, so uh, ready for the next one. You know. <clears throat> How do you get the the cough drops through the helmet, though? Oh, these Burning are special. Question. Yeah, these are special, um, <clears throat> special space cough drops. That <laughs> family secret. <clears throat> if you want to buy them, they're in the show notes. Just check it out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, corn's uh, Mandalore <laughs> cough drops. Condolor, Condolor, KW. Corn, yeah, Condolor, Condolor. <clears throat> 
they they should be i need corn flavored cough drops <laughs> well let's talk about some news um since i have not been on for a few weeks i'm going to say happy new year we're a couple weeks in but happy new year to everybody um hope your holidays went well and <clears throat> hope everybody's safe and enjoying first few weeks of 2024 january's almost over which is crazy um We've had some winter weather this week. Um, I'm not going to do a weather forecast, but uh, I know some of our NASA report team <clears throat> was affected by this, had some power outages, internet losses. So um, hopefully everybody's staying warm and dry and safe. Um, I want to jump right in with some uh, changes happening at the NASA report. <coughs> So we had a little fun with it, and uh, in our announcement this week, we called it, quote, the rugging, um, rugging the daily report. <clears throat> but it's really more of a, a pivot in our strategy and our approach to what we're doing. Um, so we announced the beginning of this week that we are no longer going to be doing a single comprehensive daily report. Um, but instead, we're going to be focusing on a, a more variety of content. And then uh, as far as the news updates, <clears throat> um, kind of the daily ongoing stuff, you know, we'll be posting more of that to our feed on the Nostra report. Um, and so you'll just kind of see it in your feed throughout the day. Um, you know, and so we're kind of figuring out what works best. You know, when do you just simply repost something and, when does it make sense to add a little bit of commentary to it? Um, so we'll we'll kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. But uh, hey, hey, hey Colin, yeah. So first of all, well, you know, I, I'd I'd like to say this is an end of an era, right? I mean, the it's almost a year of doing of the newspaper showing up every single day. So a phenomenal effort by all, all of you guys at the Nostra board in producing, you know, frankly, doing the tireless work, right? Tireless and, and many, many times thankless work uh, and in, in doing such a comprehensive job of it and, and making Nostra a better place as a result. But, you know, the, I guess there is a small elephant in the room gone, which it'll be good for you to put to bed, uh, which is uh, I'm sure there are questions being asked about, well, what what are you guys, is, is your commitment to the Nostra report weakening? So do you want to put that to bed, Con? Yeah, I've, I've kind of laughed a little bit at some of the comments as if we are, you know, dead and gone. <laughs> um, no, the Nostra report is not going anywhere. We are here. Uh, we're committed to Nostra. We, we love the technology, uh, the community. And so this is just us taking inventory of kind of where things, you know, have come from over the last year and how we <clears throat> how we think we can best move forward. Um, you know, we took a survey leading up to it, got a lot of great feedback. Uh, we get, you know, a fair amount of feedback anyway on an ongoing basis, just kind of daily, weekly. Um, you know, the daily report, it was it took a significant amount of time. Um, to curate, that was kind of the big piece of it, was curating everything, um, sifting through what happens on Noster and trying to kind of get a, a, a pulse on what's going on. Um, 
you know, usually it'd be two to three of us spending a few hours each day, um, curating, formatting it, publishing it, you know, and that's on top of jobs, families, um, everything else. <clears throat> and so what, what we were beginning to notice is that the metrics for engagement, at least the ones that we can, that we have on Noster, you know, that, 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 that is an area in and of itself that's not fully mature. Um, but comments, reposts, um, zaps, you know, those are kind of the meaningful engagement metrics. And they, <clears throat> they've just been declining. Um, so I don't know if that's a, a symptom of, you know, the daily report becoming a uh, less popular, or is it, you know, just kind of a, an assumption that it, it's there, it'll always be there. Um, but, you know, we had a lot of good feedback about, um, interest in new types of content, new types of formats, you know, video articles, um, and so on. And, and so we are looking at processes to, to, to really hone in on some of that, um, and still be able to, uh, you know, we've always kind of thought of ourselves as a, a human algorithm, um, on Noster curating notes and, and then publishing them out. And so, how can we best do that and get even deeper into the Noster ecosystem, utilize more of these apps, more of these services? Um, and so we're having fun playing with it. We're going to try some new things. Some of it may work, some of it may not. But uh, that's what's fun about Noster is we we have that freedom to just try it. No, for sure, Corn. And and I know you have a lot to <coughs> get to with, with the lightning round, Corn. But I just to push this point uh, a little further, uh, you were talking about uh, watching the engagement metrics drop. Do you see that as a broader Noster trend where because of the emphasis on the Twitter cloud, the social media uh, uh, focused clients uh, becoming, um, well, you know, it's, it's just an everyday, everyday type of thing, right? It'd be, you know, you, you, people get used to it. And they take it for granted. Uh, the, you know, I mean, and I'm talking not just about the Nostra report, but broader activities on Nostra. You, you see Zaps declining, the daily active users and weekly active users, for that matter, have plateaued for the uh, for the most part. Uh, is that a trend that you've noticed as well in the curation you've been doing? And then, do you, and then tying this back to what we were saying in the sermon, do you think it's it really is, you know? Nostra's wanting and 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 really close to getting that killer app at the boundaries of convention where, where the other stuff with folks like Arkinox and others are pioneering. Um it's kind of hard to judge. I think that some of <clears throat> I think some of it is you know, people are kind of shifting back and forth between Nostra and other networks and that you know depending what they find where um, we, you know, like you said, we have seen kind of a plateau in, in daily active users. Um, but I think the users that are here that are on Nostra, I mean, they're pretty dedicated, pretty active. Um, I think what I've noticed is that maybe the initial um, thrill and excitement of, of, of things has kind of um, mellowed out a little bit. You know, zaps are pretty incredible, but they're, they're kind of commonplace for us. And so, you know, at first we're trying new things, we're, we're experimenting, we're sending 
you know, dozens upon dozens of zaps back and forth just for whatever, <laughs> paying invoices, you know, before that. And, and, but, but I think people are kind of getting a feel now for, um, you know, the, the idea of value for value, you know, this is money. Um, it's not, it, it's fun, but it's not just something, you know, you don't just fling money around everywhere. <clears throat> and so even though it's in small amounts, a lot of times, um, I, I think what I've noticed at least is, is a little bit more um, discretion maybe and, and where people are focusing that value. And so, you know, you see certain types of content um, getting more engagement. Um, and so, you know, content where, where you can see that people have put their time, their effort, their, their work into it, whether it be video, um, uh, video content, um, I'm thinking of like Max, you know, puts out some great video content. Um, Max DeMarco. Yeah. Yeah. Max DeMarco. Um, Joe Nakamoto puts out some great content. There's some others. Um, you've got Lynn Alden kind of sharing her thoughts and views on, on things and really going into depth and pouring her expertise. You've got musicians and photographers and painters and, you know, it's small, but you've got this, um, this kind of growing quality that seems to be emerging. And so, you know, hopefully people are, uh, what I think is focusing on that quality, still having some fun with it, but it's, it's not quite like it was a year ago or 10 months ago when zaps emerged where, you know, you just were flinging zaps back and forth for literally anything. Um, I just don't really see that happening. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. Gone. All right, so that's that's enough chit chat on on one topic. God, I'll let you get on with the lightning round. Yeah, yeah. So suffice it to say, Nostra Report is here. We're not going anywhere, um, and we're we're ha- gonna have fun uh, coming up with some new ways to to deliver content and curate for everybody. With that said, we are coming up on our one year of Nostra Report next week, January twenty fourth. So we'll be excited to celebrate that as that rolls around. Uh, another um, Noster service that has reached their one-year celebration. I think there's been quite a few around this time. Um, but Wave Lake announced their one-year uh, since launch. And they are now at 500 artists with nearly 5,000 tracks uploaded. And that's just amazing. Dude, it is so amazing. I mean, I, you know, we're, we're doing this event... Um, and literally everything we're going to be doing in this event wasn't around a year ago, <laughs> or it's just like barely a year. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, the development, uh, when you actually zoom out, it's just, it's fascinating. And wave lakes just, uh, I couldn't be more proud of what, uh, Sam and Michael are doing. Hey, hey QW, uh, at the risk of once again derailing the lightning round, and sorry again, Con, since you mentioned the event, I don't know if our audience is fully familiar with what you're talking about. Do you mind doing a 30-second uh, overview of what you're talking about? 
Yeah, yeah, and we'll do a dedicated show probably in a couple of weeks. But um, culture shock, uh, you know, when, when I when I started that Nostra PHX um, Nostra November thing, do something, uh, take a step out of your front door, get involved. Um, we did that first meetup. Um, after that, uh, we started brainstorming. Uh, we took all our core competencies locally here, um, and we have an event. We have a event space. We just actually posted the venue uh, today. Um, we're going to do a, a full day, a, one, one day agenda. Um, I think one day is powerful because people won't leave. People, people will be engaged because every part of the agenda is going to lead to the next part of the agenda finalized with a, uh, with a, a, a an intimate, uh, uh, musician, uh, performance. So we'll have probably two or three musicians. Uh, we're going to try to, we're going to be doing that live on, uh, Toonster. Um, and we're going to get, you know, we're, we're going to connect our local, uh, group to globally, uh, via Noster, um, everything we're going to do, uh, I'm going to try to integrate Noster. I mean, it's definitely a Noster event, but I want our, our event to be kind of interoperable as well. Uh, I, I'm really pushing for normies to come sell the purple, buy the orange type of thing. Um, but you know, with, with that said, uh, this is going to be a very special event. That is something that could never have been done uh, a year ago. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of a, uh, an extension of what Open Mic and, and team did out in Minneapolis um, with education involved, conversation, food, um, all the fun stuff uh, packed into a day. Phoenix, Arizona, February 17th. Love it. And as QW said, we'll have a dedicated show where we'll. We'll talk, go into great lengths um, to talk about um, uh, culture shock. Lost the name for a second there, QW. <laughs> All right, Con, go ahead. I want to, we won't interrupt anymore, I promise. No, that's fine. <clears throat> and you're right. A year ago, this uh, all wouldn't have been possible. You know, I want to say right around this time a year ago, Amethyst was just launching on Android. Uh, there was not any other Android clients at the time. Um, Damas may have had a profile editor in the app. <laughs> uh, Snort, you know, Snort was kind of the only web client, one of the only web clients that was really fully featured. Um, there were a couple others around, but Snort was kind of the more more popular and user <clears throat> friendly one, I think. But yeah, how much things have changed in a year? Wow. Um, speaking of local meetups. <clears throat> um, BTC Pay Server put out a post uh, talking about their goals for 2024, and they're calling it the Year of Ambassadors, the Year of Local Bitcoin Economies, and they are dedicated to helping individuals and businesses build circular economies on top of Bitcoin. I know um, Rockstar has been very active on Noster, so I, I know and and hope you know Noster is um, part of those conversations, um, and that just kind of ties right into what you were talking about. Uh, QW with uh, Phoenix. So that's awesome. Um, moving on to some business. Uh, Bitcoin ETFs are still kind of all the talk everywhere. Uh, we had Reuters reporting that in the first few days since, uh, since approval, nearly $2 billion poured into the funds collectively, most of that in BlackRock and Fidelity. Uh, meanwhile, Grayscale has seen over a billion in outflows. Uh, so I, I don't follow that all too closely, but, you know, I imagine some of that is maybe flowing from one fund into another. Um, I don't know, Avi or QW, do you guys have any thoughts on that? 
And the Fed gone. In the Fed. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, the best part of it all, in my opinion, is that, you know, in all the hype leading up to this um, about Bitcoin mooning, the, the spot price of Bitcoin, the day of approval spiked to nearly 49K. And this week it's down to about 41K hovering there. So, <laughs> hey, it's a good it's a good time to stack some sats and tuck them away and you know watch the uh, the fiat world just do the fiat thing. All those uh, TA uh, those technical analysis guys on Twitter are in disbelief right now. Well, they've, got, they've gone quiet <laughs> for the last uh, two yeah. weeks or whatever. <laughs> you know, it was it was gonna moon right away and now it's well not a, on a longer time frame cheap sats man bring me down bring me back up to five thousand moscow that's what i'm looking for yeah so i'm like hey just like bitcoin always has done you know what as they say stay humble and stack sats and and, and bitcoin doesn't care yep exactly the, the, the honey badger the guff it's the, you the get the great, your cliches right <laughs> the great humbler Humbler of egos. <clears throat> this uh, that was not planned. But speaking of egos, <laughs> uh, Jeff Booth announced that Ego Death Capital, so Ego Death Capital, uh, Ego Death was a venture fund capital venture capital fund launched in 2021. Um, in their first round of funding, they had provided funding to projects like Fetty, Breeze, um, Relay, Wolf, and a few others. They are now raising um, Fund 2, $100 million, to um, invest in and accelerate the Bitcoin ecosystem. Um, so Ego Death Capital is Jeff Booth. Um, let me find my list of names here. Andy Pitt, Nico Lechuga, with Preston Pish, Lynn Alden, Pablo Fernanda, Fernandez as advisors. That was through Fund 1. This time around, they're adding... Uh, I'm bad with this name. Lisa Negut alongside Pablo as te technical advisor and then Pete Breiger um, as advisor to the fund as well. And Pete Breiger is the chairman of Fortress Investment Group, um, which in a QW, you have followed some of the news with Fortress. I yeah, just love him so much, man. He must okay. have been the guy that stepped in as uh, Scott Purcell stepped out. Um, I have my thoughts, but I'll, I'll hold them today. All right. Right. <laughs> well, needless to say, it's good to see support of the uh, Bitcoin companies and, and the Bitcoin ecosystem and people pouring um, their resources into that. So, Hey, hey Con, um, quick question on that one. Is the $100 million, uh, for their next uh, next round or next tranche or whatever, the, however they're referring to it, is that spoken for or they're looking to raise it? The way that Jeff Booth's post was written, um, it sounded as if they're raising it, but I I don't have the I don't I don't I don't have a hundred percent for sure answer on that. Gotcha. This was the second round, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't mention any companies that they were investing in with it either. So I'm. From from the way I read it, it sounded as if this is what they are currently raising. But I don't. The, I don't with the lineup, it's like a Bitcoin conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving on. BTC Prague. 
announced their first round of speakers. Um, several familiar names, Michael Saylor, Giacomo Zucco, Ben Ark. Um, one name I was excited to see uh, from Noster, uh, Will, Kas- Will Kasarin uh, from Damas. Um, is listed uh, full list of of this first round of announcements is on their their webpage, um, BTC Prague's webpage, and so looking forward to more announcements to come. I know that was a very popular conference last year. I, I will say, Con, uh, I've been to about twelve or so Bitcoin conferences across the world, or maybe more than twelve. But I would BTC Prague hands down is the best conference. Uh, I've been to it. It is such pure signal. Any if anyone here is in Europe and can make the trip to Prague or is in the U.S. and is in a position uh, to make that trip, I would strongly recommend doing it. There is, it is head and shoulders above any other Bitcoin conference out there. And I'll say that last year they were great about. Um, incorporating Noster into their lineup and so hoping to see that again this year um, and seeing Will on the list as one of these first announcements um, is a good sign. It's a bit of a shameless plug uh, there, Con, real quick. Uh, so last year they had the Dev Hack Day, which is the day before the conference. It's more of a technical, uh, you know, it's a it's a pre-conference activity. They, they'd rented out the space that wasn't the conference area, but uh, uh, a separate uh, space where it's, it was more technical talks, and it was most last year it was mostly focused on Bitcoin and so on. This year there's going to be a very strong Nostra uh, presence in on Dev Hack Day, and I'm helping organize some of those talks. So, shameless plug, as I said. No, that's fantastic. Can't wait to hear more. Um, He'll also well, be just... uh, signing books at the event. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Let me just touch on real quick a couple of tech projects uh, in the in the news, and then I will wrap it up. Um, so we had Zach, the creator of Flare.pub. Flare is the um, video streaming uh, app on Noster. Um, Zach has integrated Pablo's new OAuth flow into Flare, and so he gave the example of the ability to create an account on Flare and then log into, for example, Coracle, without ever needing to touch um, private keys or an extension. And so the way that that's designed using uh, Pablo's new flow um, has been integrated into Flare. So, you know, hiding hiding away the complexity of the tech uh, can, can make some of this easier to use for new users, uh, maybe with a more familiar experience, uh, which I think is a good thing as long as it doesn't reduce the effectiveness of Noster's design, you know, Noster being censorship resistant um, is, is a very powerful thing. Um, and so, you know, I, I know these, these devs understand that. Um, and so it's exciting to see what they're building and, you know, let's create good things that people can use easily, but still protect their, their ability to, um, resist censorship, um, where it can happen. Um, a new project announced Apollo, uh, Samuel Ralic, and so I hadn't heard his name before, but announced Apollo, which is a dedicated Q&A platform client uh, built on Noster. Um, I think one of the big differences between this, you know, we had Swarmster has kind of been around, 
Um, but I believe Swarmster just used kind one events. Uh, and so that's just kind of the regular posts that you see everywhere on Noster. Apollo will utilize dedicated event kinds for questions and another dedicated event kind for answers. So, you know, that allows clients to um, better utilize and control where that data is shown and how, and so that it shows in the right places and maybe not where you don't want it to be. Um, Jingles is another dev. Uh, he created the Kiwi Noster Communities client and then the link shortener w3.do, which is integrated with Noster. He announced a new project um, working on a new way for people to connect uh, with an app extension or a browser extension uh, that he says will place an icon on any web page and allow users to engage in discussion about that website or topic. Uh, so that'll be cool to see. I'm uh, still looking for names for the project. Um, so check out his profile. That's Jingles. <coughs> and then uh, last two here, Creator um, is a Patreon-style relay for creators um, launched by Mason, who creates the Noster.wine uh, runs those relays. Um, and he shared a tidbit this week that Creator not only allows for subscriptions and tiered plans, but you can also create pay-per-view links for your content. And those links can be shared anywhere. So it doesn't have to just be on Noster, but you can create pay-per-view links for your content. So giving creators more options, more tools for, for monetizing their content. Uh, and then today, uh, Simisol, who now runs the Eden.Noster.Lan relay, announced that he has integrated uh, support for Tor. So, you know, increasing privacy is a good thing. Um, so if you need a relay that runs on Tor, uh, that may be an option you want to look at. And I'll wrap it up with this uh, quote of the week from user Arada. And he had a really nice post. Uh, we shared it from the Noster Report account if you want to see the full post. But he says um, he called it his love letter, <laughs> his love letter to about Noster. And he says, about 25 years ago, the internet was really, really cool. It was a cradle of ideas. Any kid could play around, remix, and create things. And it might turn out to be a big success. But then gradually, boxes started to appear. And I think, you know, those of us who, which most of us who have used the internet for long enough, have seen that shift. And I think that's one of the reasons Noster is just so exciting. Um, because it it really starts to break down those boxes and connect everything together. And maybe that's a good segue right back to you, Avi. Avi, I got to say, uh, Corn Cold DeLorean is a great narrator, don't you think? <laughs> he certainly is. There, there are there are lightning rounds, and then there's the Corn DeLorean lightning round. Uh, it does need to be said. But, but Con, just going back to uh, the Arata post. So I saw that, I read that when you post, when when you folks posted it on your Telegram group. And by, by the way, if anyone is not on that Nostra Report Premium Telegram group, I would urge you to do it. Uh, it's, uh, you, you get all the news there and it's all through the day, right? Because you've got most of the, time zones covered and i read that and i thought this is who is this guy why am i not following him this is fantastic and it's free and it's free it's a premium but it's group still premium free. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> premium content for free noster report noster dot report slash premium noster dot report slash premium it's free 
Great stuff. Well, thank you, Korn, um, for yet another comprehensive lightning round. And now it is time to welcome Arcanox to Plebchain Radio. Welcome, my friend. Hey, guys. I really appreciate you having me here. This is awesome. So we got to start at the most obvious point, Arcanox. What on earth is an Arcanox? Oh, so yeah, uh, Arcanox is a name that I generated with a random name generator that I created. Uh, I was trying to figure out what my my online alias was going to be, and it generated something that kind of was like Arcanox, and I just like tweaked a couple letters, and then I just had a name, and I was like, that sounds like a cool name, and I searched it on the internet, and I didn't find really anything at all. It was it was really a, a, a shoe-in for SEO, so... I just went with it and everybody seems to think it's a really cool name. And I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. I didn't come up with it. Technically I came up, I, I had a random generator come up with it and I just liked it, but I've always kind of been interested in the idea of pulling uh, ideas out of the ether using algorithms. Um, and so obviously AI is pretty interesting to me. Um, I like making randomly generated stuff. Uh, we can talk more about that and, and, and whatnot, but yeah, I think that stuff is interesting. No, that's great. And we, we will definitely get into that, Arcadox. But I do want to share one story because Khan brought up BTC Prague. And yeah. my first inter interaction with you was in relation to BTC Prague. Yeah, I remember you invited me to go. And I, <laughs> man, I still want to go. I should see, when is it again this year? It's uh, mid-June, I think the 13th okay. to the 15th. I can, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it could work. I, man, this is going to be a big year. There's going to be so many changes this year. Um yeah, well, I'll see if I can make that work. Excellent. Well, Arkanox, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into Bitcoin? Any other parts of your backstory that you're willing to share? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can also call me Nick. Uh, that's my real name. And uh -oh. I'm, I'm not really like a, I'm, a, I'm not a nim on the internet. Um, it's it's not hard to find out who I am, uh, <laughs> and that's okay because uh, you know, like I own a company, and you kind of have to be public if you do that. But um, but yeah, so I've been a web developer like almost my entire life. I launched my first website when I was eleven, um, and I've been making websites ever since. I first learned programming because I wanted to make video games. Uh, I've I Sonic the Hedgehog has been my hero since before I can even remember. Uh, so I, I grew up playing all of all of the Sonic games and Sega games and stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm just a, a big gamer. Um, at least I, I was before I, <laughs> uh, you know, had a family and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I still am passionate about gaming and gamification. And I think that gamification is super interesting because of how it can kind of motivate us to do things that we already do. But just make them more fun and rewarding. So, I'm exploring how we can use gamification in Noster and different Noster apps that I'm building to um, to reward people to, for doing things that they're kind of like engaged in already. Um, but yeah, I, I discovered uh, Bitcoin in 2020. My friends had told me, or some of my friends have told me about it, and I thought it was dumb because I didn't understand it at all. Uh, and then I went to a party and somebody was like, "Oh, you're a tech guy, right? How come?" Or he, he asked me, "What do you know about Bitcoin?" And I was like, uh, I don't know anything about Bitcoin. 
And I went home that night and I was like, man, why don't I know anything about this? I should know something about it. Like I am a tech guy. So I started researching it and that's how I fell. I, I fell way into the rabbit hole. Uh, best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and then it was 2020. So then like, you know, th things got crazy with the price and I got super glued to it and I started stacking and um, I, <laughs> I bought the top like a lot of my fellow 2020 uh, Bitcoiners. But that's okay because uh, we hang on to it. So yeah, I, I was really interested in Bitcoin and I started getting into Lightning. I thought that was super, super cool. And I was researching Fiat Joff's GitHub when I noticed uh, this markdown file called Noster. And that is how I found out about Noster. Um, I created my first pub key uh, probably like January 2022. And then I kind of settled on my official pub key in February and started posting I had just used it just as like a test uh, before. So I was pretty early. Uh, February 2022 is when I really started using Noster. Uh, but there was a gap that I kind of like didn't use it uh, until Jack joined. And when Jack joined, then I was like, oh, wow, this has really grown a lot since I last looked at it like, uh, you know, eight or nine months ago. And then I, I just really started to get into it. And all the clients started getting awesome. And, um, you know, when there's finally an Android client, that really sped things up for me because I'm an Android guy. And then I guess it was around, well, yeah, it was March of 2023, or well, I guess it was late February when I started getting the idea of like, uh, for cyberspace on Noster, which I can, I could talk more about. Um, but basically I was studying the Noster protocol and I was like, man, there is like so much potential here for more than just like tweets. And, uh, so the company that I run, we created an augmented reality application where you can like share your location with your friends and also businesses can put places in, uh, in augmented reality in real places on the planet. And then those places can have like more information attached to them and you can arrive at them and all that stuff. And like, so I work a lot with geospatial stuff. And when I was looking at Noster, I was thinking, man, everything that I do in my, you know, geospatial augmented reality world can be a part of Noster. Like it, it's so easy to just put that data, like, a, you know, a GPS coordinate is just latitude, longitude. It's so easy to just put that in a Noster event. And I was like, man, how come nobody's building geospatial and 3D stuff on Noster? Because all that, it's just data when it comes down to it at the end of the day. And you can stuff any kind of data you want into a Noster event. And so I started kind of experimenting with like, can I visualize a 3D world through Noster? And that's how I came up with Ono Sendai, which is my uh, my cyberspace client. Um, so Ono Sendai, right now, is you, if you go to onosendai.tech, it's still kind of a tech demo. I have a major refactor and rewrite in progress right now, but it's nothing that you can really look at yet. Um, and, and that's for a good reason, because there's so much more going on to it now than there was at the beginning. But the, the current onosendai.tech, it basically visualizes all the most recent notes on Noster in a 3D space. And it actually visualizes them by their content. So if you see a bunch of notes clustered together, it's because it takes a SIM hash of the content of the note and similarly, like similar notes actually get physically grouped together in 3D space. And that was just kind of my, my way of proving this concept of, uh, you know, can you extract a 3D world out of, uh, you know, a protocol that was originally just kind of built for tweets. And it worked and it's really, really cool. And it's fun to like zoom around and stuff. Um, and so I put that out there on March 8th of 2023. And there was a really, really awesome reception. People were excited about it. 
And it was kind of one of those things where it, it helped it. I think it, you know, if I, <laughs> if I do say so myself, uh, I think it kind of started this idea of like, you could do more on Nostra than just social media um, because it was so radically different from anything else that was out there at the time. Every, every new client that was coming out was basically another Twitter and we need those and we need those to be good. Um, but there's so much more that can be built. And I think that's also how I ended up accidentally becoming one of uh, Pablo's favorite um, developers <laughs> because he just loves that I'm doing something different than like Twitter, uh, Twitter clones. He, he likes that I'm working on just completely out there, unique ideas that uh, utilize Noster in, in very different ways. Um, and yeah, and, I, and I'm super honored by that. Um, I didn't come into this, you know, thinking about that. I just came into this thinking like, you know, about the potential of the protocol and, and what you could do with it. And you, I mean, if you were here uh, pre-Jack, I mean, those are just some dev psychopaths that were chatting in a room back then, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, you know yeah, zaps. I mean, you're posting. Maybe, maybe you could even post an invoice at the time. I don't even know how how involved uh, Lightning was at that time. Um, when did that come on? When did Lightning come in? Uh, that was after. That was after. I think that was after Jack joined. And it was. It was. Okay. So it was just. It was something that just instantly. I, 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 faintest memory of that, Avi. Sorry about December sixteenth. December sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Oh, wow. The first. Uh, the first. Uh, well, I I joined December nineteenth. So uh, maybe yeah, I maybe it was before me. So I I, I am correct. I didn't know when. Um, but, yeah, back uh, when I joined, there was like maybe a handful of relays. Um, there was like a CLI that I didn't even use. And then there was Brandly, which was the really, really janky front end web client um, that it was good enough. It worked. Um, and that was pretty much all there was. And I remember I actually DM'd with Zero uh, XTR and Will like back then, because there was only like 50 people on it. Um, so <laughs> half you know, of them building, that, half of them arguing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was there was like a very small crowd, and there wasn't even any discovery. So basically, you found one person, and then you would just follow all the people they followed, and you would just do that until you followed like all fifty people on Noster, and then you had everybody. Um, that, so that's that was, awesome. It was pretty cool. Uncle Bob Martin was also super early. He was there before me, um, so he was really, really on on point with that too. So um, you know, obviously, before that, you 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 kind of joined the pleb community. Um, but then you join this Nostrich community, uh, and you've been to two different conferences. Uh, you've been to—I mean, as far as I know, you—you—you you, uh, you apparently have you been to Prague? No, I didn't go to Prague last year. Okay, have you uh, been to a invited, Bitcoin conference? I've actually never been to a Bitcoin conference, um, and the only reason why is because I'm really selective with like my travel time. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I would love to go, but I don't like have a big reason to go other than it would just be freaking fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, but like when it comes to traveling, I always try to make it productive, you know, and I could be like working on other things instead of traveling. Um, so like I went to I went to Nostrasia. That was actually actually like my first. That, that's what I was getting to is uh, yeah. is Nostrasia. I know, I know you were there. I saw your panel, uh, which was fantastic. Oh, nice. Dude, um, I. I Tell wish that I, I would have connected with you before because I I didn't even like see you there because um, I I didn't know who to look for. I wasn't there. Really know oh, you weren't there. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I was Nosterville, Team okay. Nosterville. I okay. I stayed on this side of the the earth. That's all right. 
No, Nostra Asia was amazing. I mean, first of all, it was my first time in Japan and I've always wanted to go to Japan. So that was a really, really cool experience. Um, and I mean, <laughs> it was funny because there was all these panels and talks and stuff, but I spent almost all the, all the time I had just talking to people and meeting people. And it was just so cool to like spend that, that quality in-person time. Um, I'll just never forget it. I mean, it was it was super valuable. And you know, all the talks were like recorded anyway. So a lot of us were like, yeah, we'll just watch the stream later. You know, I was I was hanging out with Max and Pablo and you know G Sovereignty and all these awesome devs. And we were just, you know, learning about each other's projects and talking about stuff we could do. It was just amazing. So really, really cool experience. And I think that, you know, just having experienced that is an incentive for me to maybe loosen up on my travel policy and, and get out to more events. Um, so I know that like, it would be really cool to do something um, in Phoenix with you guys. It would be really, really fun to come out and, and see everybody. So yeah, I, I think I just have to start working more of these events into my schedule. I mean, it's uh, I think it's about 75 out right now. Uh, skies are blue. It's a beautiful time. <laughs> Yeah, man. No, I, I agree. So I was, I was looking into uh, your work and uh, tell me about this cyberspace protocol. So it's a protocol built on Nostra protocol. Um, yep. tell, t just give me a zoom out of, of what it is. Okay. And by the way, Arcanox, it reeks of metaverse. So you might have to put some of those concerns to bed. A hundred percent. No. Okay. So if cyberspace is a metaverse, which I think it actually does qualify as the only legitimate metaverse uh, that exists, then no other metaverse in existence uh, is is legit at all. Um, like, I, I've always been interested in the idea of the metaverse, and I know how loaded of a word that is. I know how disgusting it sounds to everybody. I, I'm right there with you. I'm 100% on board in your camp. Um, and so for me to be building cyberspace, I would have had to find like a legitimate way to make it not be <laughs> what you all imagine it is. Uh, and I, I can guarantee you that I sleep very well at night. I think that I'm building something that is good for humanity and is not uh, just, you know, a Mark Zuckerberg wannabe situation. So let me explain what it all is. Um, if you like this, the idea of the metaverse came from science fiction. Uh, and most notably, it came from authors like William Gibson and Neil Stevenson, um, who wrote some of the earliest pieces in like the 80s and, and early 90s on the metaverse uh, and what that even means. Actually, the original science fiction work that I could find that was most comprehensive, uh, it was by William, William Gibson. It's Neuromancer. That was written in 84. And that was actually written about cyberspace. Now that was the original idea as far as i can tell behind the metaverse so when when neil stevenson wrote about the metaverse and snow crash four years later and or no eight years later um he was actually taking his like conceptual basis from cyberspace he was the one who coined the word metaverse but that was like years after cyberspace had already been written about in, in sci-fi so cyberspace was actually the original metaverse and 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 regardless the the cyberspace the the metaverses that people are trying to build today they have nothing in common with the original idea of what 
cyberspace or the metaverse should be. Um, I have a really good blog post about this where I kind of go like super in depth on like what these books say about the metaverse and what is actually being built and why they're not the same. Um, but but basically the, the main idea I wanna give you is that like, yeah, everything that anyone is building except for what I'm doing is, is nothing like what sci-fi talked about. Um, and I, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's like a whole rabbit hole. To give you uh, an answer to your question, QW, um, the cyberspace meta protocol is a metaverse protocol building on Noster, and it is 100% driven by a proof of work. Um, that is the fundamental ingredient that early sci-fi talked about without knowing that they were talking about it. Um, there's all these things in in early sci-fi where they talk about cyberspace and the metaverse where like they kind of it's it's really crazy how all these authors they were completely in sync like all these people writing about cyberspace in the 80s they all had these same concepts and ideas that were consistent across different authors works which is really interesting like they all had this concept of what the metaverse and cyberspace should be they all just implicitly agreed on it and the only way to accomplish that vision is to use proof of work because there can't be like some of the some of the aspects of the metaverse that have to exist is it has to be permissionless it has to be um driven by a system where people are allowed to project their real life power into the digital realm um because there was there was differences in hardware and differences in skill level that factored into the storylines of these these works where people were like you know stronger than other people in cyberspace it's like how can that be possible is it because you paid more in a pay to win game is it because you you know had an nft or some crap that you bought no it's actually because you have more proof of work that enables you to act uh more you know like swiftly or more strongly in in cyberspace um so when I read through all these works and I was familiar with Bitcoin, I kind of put two and two together and I was like, okay, yeah, it's proof of work. Proof of work is the missing secret ingredient that actually makes like a real cyberspace possible. Um, I called it cyberspace because that's a cool word that no one really uses anymore. And it kind of harkens back to the origin of the concept. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of get away from the metaverse thing because everybody hates the metaverse. Um, everybody, nobody knows what the metaverse even is, but we all hate it. Uh, because it's been executed so poorly by everybody who's ever tried. Uh, essentially, every company who's working on the metaverse is they're, they're just trying to build a, a fancy video game that sucks all of your time and money out of you. That's literally all they're trying to do. It has nothing to do with being an open, permissionless digital space that is finite and driven by real-world consequential proof of work. That's what the that's what cyberspace is meant to be in fiction. That's what I'm building is it's a it's like a digital place that if anything is going to happen in this digital place then something has to happen in actual physical reality to make that happen um and that's kind of like the secret behind proof of work it, it's the secret that makes bitcoin so compelling and so useful um when when you have proof of work you're actually changing reality to produce an effect in digital reality and so bitcoin is like a digital reality that is made real because of the work that was put in in reality. Like someone had to dig a hole in the ground 
and get coal out and burn it for proof for proof of work in Bitcoin to exist and happen. So can you give a concrete example of how real life proof of work can get transposed into into this sort of virtual world? Yeah. Arknox? Yeah. yeah, so uh, the most fundamental example in cyberspace uh, where you use proof of work to do something is movement. So uh, if you're familiar with NIP13 um, in Noster, you can add proof of work to any event. And the proof of work is basically you have a target of how many leading zeros you want on your event ID. And you, you actually put that target into your note or into your event. So you say, OK, I want you know, 13 leading zeros. And then you create an, you put a nonce in there so for your kind of like your random, you know, randomization. And then you hash the event to get the event ID. And if it has 13 leading zeros on the event ID, then you, then you got it. But if it doesn't, then you change the nonce and you hash again. And if it doesn't have the leading zeros, you change the nonce, nonce you hash again. And you do that like 2 million times. And then eventually you'll get your, your event ID with the proper amount of leading zeros. So that's that's a valid unit of proof of work. Um, but how you interpret that unit of proof of work completely depends on what your context is. And so if your context is cyberspace and you're following the cyberspace protocol, then you can interpret that 13 units of proof of work as an acceleration value for how you move in cyberspace. So to move in cyberspace, you mine proof of work, and then that translates direct, directly to a, a new acceleration that you add uh, to your velocity. So you can basically, you know, scoot along in cyberspace, and you have this chain of proof of work to basically prove that you belong in this new coordinate that you are at. Uh, so, so is yeah, go it ahead. doesn't mean Arcanox that you're if I'm understanding this right, right, that you're generating trillions of events till you find one with an event ID that, that meets the conditions? Yeah, but you're not publishing the ones that don't meet the conditions. That's correct, though. I see. Yep. So you're and hashing on, on your end. Is there a difficulty adjustment that changes the 13 leading 0 to 14 or 15, depending on how people are doing? Um, no, actually, to the contrary, it's completely up to the user. Um, so that that actually in in the terms of movement, um, the amount of leading zeros that you want is actually your throttle. So if you want to move quickly, then you in your user interface will choose a higher throttle, which corresponds to how many leading zeros you want. Um, and if you want to move more slowly, you turn down your throttle and you'd get less leading zeros. And the, the cool thing about that is that your machine or your proof of work is a fixed amount, right? And it may take you, like, say you have your throttle set to 10 units of proof of work, and it takes you one second to generate that on average uh, with all of your proof of work capacity. So then if you move your throttle up to 15 units of proof of work, it might take you five seconds to generate that. And that means you're only adding to your acceleration once every five seconds. And maybe that's kind of stuttering. It's kind of like not super smooth movement. Maybe you want to kind of smooth it out more. Um, so you just scale it back. You can even scale it back to five units of proof of work. And now you're generating that every quarter second. And so your, your acceleration is happening much smoother, much quicker. So there is no general difficulty adjustment across cyberspace for everybody. It's all, all completely up to you and what you're capable of in terms of hash power. Got it. Okay. So that does make sense, right? You have to burn 
or or consume real natural resources to achieve some kind of kin kinetic conversion in cyberspace. Yep. Uh, that makes sense to me. But maybe just taking a step back to a more, uh, I guess, philosophical uh, angle here, right? It, which is from a, there are elements of Bitcoin culture that, that that talk about well, you know, Bitcoin is uh, being on a Bitcoin standard frees you up to touch grass, like, and you know what, the, what touching grass obviously is is a metaphor for doing more things in the quote unquote real world. Do you? See, I, this this is clearly not that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I you know I totally see what you're getting at. I mean, the the question is like, do we want do we want a metaverse that um, that could potentially eat up more of our time and energy and attention, uh, which would result in a degrading of our human experience? Uh, because obviously, reality is more valuable than than non-reality. Um, absolutely, a great uh, con it's a good concern. It's a concern that we should continually uh, be aware of as we build digital systems, especially ones that can be immersive. Um, I think that is a valid concern, even just for Twitter clients, you know, like how much, how much are we addicting people or, or causing people to be, uh, too engaged in social media where they're not, you know, touching grass and doing stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of that. And, you know, unlike pretty much everyone else trying to build a metaverse, I'm actually a reality maximalist. I'm actually very fond of reality. Um, I'm not trying to build an escape for it. I'm not trying to build an alternative to it. Um, what I think cyberspace represents is a consequential medium for interaction and communication that serves as an extension of reality and a better tool uh, for people to express themselves in terms of movement and connection and building and, and just being able to do all those things outside of, uh, you know, the limitations in, in reality. Um, because it's consequential, because it's driven by proof of work, I feel like it has potential uh, to enable things that we can't even really imagine yet. Um, and and I, I think that those are all good freedoms to have, even though they're not touching grass. Um, and actually, if you think about it, when you go outside, there's a lot of restrictions on <laughs> where you can move and where you can build and what you can do. And none of those restrictions uh, will exist in cyberspace in the same way. Now, cyberspace isn't real, but it is consequential um, because it does not exist without physical material changes in reality and so i know that um you know this is something that can be debated and i'm not fully convinced one way or the other but i do think there's an argument to be made that if uh if proof of work is involved in creating something that wouldn't otherwise exist then maybe we should consider it a little bit more real even if it is in a digital realm I, and I think that's a fair point there, right? So uh, just to play out it, this hypothetical example, if you are expending real world resources, right, energy to travel from point A in cyberspace to point B to have a conversation with someone, which also involves just the, the very act of having, of conversing means you need to cr create multiple events to find the nonce and uh, that that meets the conditions, so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. 
I guess the I, and again, I'm I'm not saying this to be oppositional Arcanox, right? This is just more yeah. philosophical. Well, these are good questions, uh, right? So it's the fact that you're expending real world resources to achieve these outcomes, which otherwise in the metaverse are effectively free, right? You just click a mouse button and you're moving around in other metaverses, mm -hmm. whereas in 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 this one, you're there is proof of work involved. How real does that become just through the expending of energy? Yeah, I guess um, that's a good question. I, you know, we can expend energy in a lot of different ways to do a lot of different things. And uh, just because we expend energy doesn't mean it has value to anyone else. Um, but, you know, sometimes we expend energy on doing things that only have value to us. Uh, and that can go for physical, real energy. And that can also go for energy that we spend digitally. Um, and so, you know, I guess it depends on how you and the person you're talking to values that connection. If that is valuable to you, then, um, then that's great. And if it isn't, then I guess you probably will use something else. And that's fine, too. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess it's hard for me to say, like, I I want to back up and, and talk about one more aspect to this because that I, I think might kind of put it in context. It's really, really hard for me to say at this point what people are going to use cyberspace for. But the reason why I know that people are going to use it for something awesome is because of the properties that it has. Um, reality itself is a permissionless and thermodynamic protocol that we basically cannot un unsubscribe from. Uh, you can do whatever you want in reality. You can, as long as you can spend the energy to do it. And I can't stop you from doing it unless I spend equal energy to oppose you. But I can't really truly stop you. I can just oppose you by also spending energy. So reality is permissionless. Reality is also thermodynamic because everything you do is paid to the universe in entropy. And so building a cyberspace that has those exact same properties as reality, that makes it just something special that I think you can build amazing things on. Um, and and kind of like the people who designed the internet, you know, TCP IP in the, in the 1970s, they couldn't have known that we were going to build what we're building right now. They couldn't have known that we were going to have Amazon or Facebook or you know, Google or anything like that. They had no conception of those things. Or Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah, they, or, or like any, any you know, uh, you know, Tor or any of those, you know, anything that we've built on the internet, like in the 1970s, when they were building the protocol, they had no idea what was going to be built on it. And that's kind of how I feel about cyberspace. Like, I know the fundamentals are there, but I'm going to have to wait and see what other people do with it before we really know what it is in a way. Well, I, I will say, Arkanox, that it is far more, it's more coupled with reality than than the 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 I guess Facebook metaverse or whatever, right? That's that's out there. Uh, well, you just, actually, just... I want to I want to let you know that there's actually even more to it than I've talked about yet, and I think that will be even more convincing that it is even more connected to reality. Um, if I if I might just interject, did you have something else you wanted to say, real quick? No, no, go ahead, please. Okay, so I I realized uh, late last year that cyberspace makes a ton of sense if it's brought into reality in a in an augmented reality context so if you if you imagine like holding up your phone 
if, if you know what augmented reality is, it's where you can kind of like hold up your phone and see like digital things painted over reality, but it's all like connected to a place in reality. You know, it's like contextual and it's, it's physically tied to a location. Cyberspace makes a lot of sense in that context. And so I've been adding to the protocol and making it so that cyberspace actually exists in kind of two different planes. There's the augmented reality side where everything you do in cyberspace is actually like it's related to a point in physical reality. And then there's the virtual side of cyberspace where no points correspond with reality and it's all completely virtual and and like non-existent. And you can actually travel in, in the protocol, you can travel between those two planes. And so you can build like digital things that are tied to the physical places in the real world um, and, and the augmented reality side of, of cyberspace. And I think that's super compelling because there's a lot of really amazing things you can do if you combine that with uh, augmented reality technology. And that sounds fancy, but like I've like that already exists. I <laughs> like I, I mentioned Yonder earlier. Yonder is an augmented reality app. Um, I built it myself. I'm not like a, re a genius or anything. I just like figured out how to make 3D things appear on the planet. Like that, are, that technology already exists. Now I, I need to actually kind of build a better version of it because the one I built, I built four years ago. So there's newer stuff out now that make it even better. But basically like showing cyberspace in reality is possible and I could build it, you know, I'm hoping to get that done in 2024. Yeah. So just real quick, Avi, was was Yonder, is that is that Noster um enabled? Yeah, so actually there's two versions of Yonder. Uh there's what I call the quote unquote old version, which we actually still use for our clients at yonder.me. And then the new version, which is the Noster enabled one, is go.yonder.me. Um and we're that one doesn't have augmented reality yet, but I'm I'm hoping to add that as soon as I can. Uh so that one has all the same features. Because that that was a big hit coming out of Australasia. Um, oh yeah, that was that was fantastic. And and uh, you were, were, correct me if I'm wrong. You were able to kind of uh, integrate that into Japan during that time, right? Yeah, I had some locations set up on the map where people could navigate to, and people were using the geo chat and adding location. It was amazing. Like within the first day, there was literally uh, there was locations or places added on like, every continent. It was super cool. There's people all over just trying it out. So just theoretically, like if you came to uh, Phoenix, uh, February 17th, there could be uh, <laughs> some AR involved in the uh, venue space. I don't know if I'll have the AR ready by then, but I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I could actually, I could set up some beacons uh, in the old yonder in AR. That would be, I could just do that for free um yeah yeah um yeah no that that was cool uh i i definitely recommend everyone look at yonder y-o-n-d-a-r yonder yep, right. uh yep. like corn would say it from the the dirty south there down yonder <laughs> yeah it's supposed to be like the ar with the augmented reality at the end um we actually own the yonder y-e-r or y-o-n-d-e-r dot me so you can actually type either one it should work and corn's um, also team Noster. Okay, yeah, I I kind of go back and forth. Like I usually say Noster, but I'm trying to train myself to say Noster. I definitely think it comes <laughs> from where we're from, uh, yeah. our dialect a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you, I used you, to be team Nostra, but uh, I don't know why I stopped saying that. That sounds so much better. <laughs> been hanging out with the plebs too much. You're losing that gentleman uh, approach. 
Yeah, God has some and has some choice words for people who say Nostra. Uh, that that takes us back to our basically one of our first episodes, Avi, uh, where where we were breaking yeah. down the uh, the the how it's said type of thing. So, yeah, Arcanox, sleep. <laughs> you 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 talked a little bit about uh, cyberspace uh, protocol um, yonder. Uh, you seem to kind of be you know it's funny you mentioned Pablo because you're kind of an octopus as well as far as working on multiple things at one time. Tell yeah. me about Construct Miner. So yeah, so Construct Miner is just a, a cyberspace tool. Um, it's an in-browser mining application where you can mine constructs for cyberspace. A construct is a is a cubic space in in cyberspace that you own. Um, and so the the idea is, is that once I develop the protocol a little further, once you own a construct, which is super easy to get now with the Construct Miner, you can build stuff within your construct because it's your space <clears throat> and you could build interactive 3D experiences in inside your construct. Those experiences could be viewed either in reality, in augmented reality, or in virtual reality in the, in the virtual side of cyberspace. So that's it's kind of like a companion to cyberspace. And you can you can check that out at construct.onosendai.tech. You can you can publish constructs right now. Like you can claim cyberspace right now. Um, you put in a target coordinate, which I need to I need to create some tools to help make that easier. But um, I tell everybody, and I said this at the Nostra Asia conference, you should be mining a construct for Times Square in New York City so you can sell advertising and become rich. Everybody should be mining to get that construct right now because only one person gets it. We're making uh, real estate tycoons out of everyone here today. Yeah, yep. Right now, you're, you're learning the tricks. Uh, and how the how the constructs work is basically like, you put in a target coordinate and then you put in the amount of proof of work you want on it, which correlates to the ultimate size of the construct. And so then it starts mining and it tries to mine a construct as close to that target coordinate as possible, but you're probably never going to get the exact one unless you're insanely lucky because that's like a, a perfect 256 bit hash, which is never going to happen. Um, but you just try to get as close as you can. And then once you, you know, you're going to mine a whole bunch of constructs, you just publish the ones that you actually want to keep, and then you can delete the ones that you don't. Um, and so it'll just try to mine the highest proof of work that it can. Now, as the proof of work goes up, the uh, you can think of like the size of the cube getting bigger. And so like there's a maximum size basically that a, that a construct can be. Um, and then once you claim that space by publishing it, the only way that someone else can get that space from you is to publish a construct with higher proof of work than you. So we could get uh, Pleb Chain Radio uh, advertised on Times Square right now, Avi. <laughs> well, if you mind, you got to get mining though, because I don't know if anyone's ever going to get that space. I mean, cyberspace I see, is I really, really big. Down there. So. I think he's already constructing. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, he, that's he the idea is that, sleep. <laughs> that's the idea is that you can claim space in cyberspace. Um, and that, that idea is partially inherited from the fiction that I've referenced, but it's also partially inherited from reality. Because in reality, the highest proof of work is the one who controls a given physical area. Um, obviously, that's done through violence. And luckily, we have proof of work to do it in a, in a nonviolent way in cyberspace. But um, it's it is a it is a way to basically lay claim to a space but luckily cyberspace is very very big so 
Uh, it's not like it's gonna. We're not gonna run out of territory. So we're not going to dwell on this too long or at all, Arkanox. But that sounded dangerously like Jason Lowry territory there, which is well, I, I, Yeah, I'm not afraid to say that I am a big fan of his book, uh, having read it, and uh, there was a lot of inspiration from his book in developing cyberspace. So I, I just want to say that his ideas, I think that they can be, they can be, uh, you know. You don't have to agree with everybody whose books you read. Um, you don't have to agree with anybody at all and still read their ideas. And I think that his ideas should be weighed on their own merits. Um, I know that a lot of people didn't like what he said on Twitter, but I don't really care about anything that he said on Twitter because I was more interested in what he actually wrote. Um, and yeah, I don't agree with everything he wrote in his book either, but I, I did take a lot of inspiration from his book in terms of like proof of work and its potential and its applications and what it could be used for. And so, yeah, I, I would recommend uh, if anybody's curious, they should read it. Um, I don't think there's any any harm in doing so. I, I apologize, Avi, if you are of the opposite opinion, but I really can't recommend not reading a book. Uh, no, no. Just, I, uh, you know, I, learning absolutely. from it. If nothing else, it's a fresh perspective. Yeah, I just it's a perspective I don't happen to agree with because sure. I come from the non-aggression and non-violence uh, perspective of Bitcoin. But I... Yeah. Certainly, uh, people should uh, look. If nothing else, it's, it, it is a fresh perspective on on Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have you read the book, Avi? Uh, his th his PhD thesis, you mean? The one that's like four hundred pages. <laughs> yeah, I, I, not the entire, not in its entirety. But I've yeah. I've listened to him on enough podcasts. I mean, it's been a while now, but uh, and I've read some of his writings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a good book, and the PDF is out now. And I th there's somebody who keeps tagging me on on Noster because I signed up for notifications with uh, Fresh. Uh, he's been doing a, a reading of the book. He's like doing an audio book of it, um, and so he's just putting out his his audio recordings of him reading it, which is for the audio book listeners in the crowd here. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have to agree with everything he says. I think he makes some really interesting points. Um, I think it's cool to have a bit, a Bitcoiner working for the Department of Defense. So, you know, um, let's just see more. That, that's the thing about Bitcoin is that like the whole point is that we don't all agree on everything. Um, and yet we can still kind of learn from each other and come to a consensus and yeah. get and move forward. And I agree with you, too, on the on, you know, on like being nonviolent and and stuff like that. I mean, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of merit uh, to that. And and I went into that book thinking like, you know, uh, this warmonger, you know, what's he going to say about like, you know, being part of the defense or, you know, the, the military industrial complex, essentially. And man, he made some really good points. Like he made some really compelling arguments of why we need people who can fight wars. Obviously, I don't support, I still don't support like, you know, our freaking militaries uh just bombing everybody and you know whatever that's a whole nother discussion i'm still I, I agree with you avi um but he made some good points that were worth considering i think yeah well look it's it, as i said I, i'll just restate this i think it's it's a completely different perspective on bitcoin when mm -hmm. i first heard about him about two years ago i it, it was it was frankly it was it, it was mind-blowing to me it's like wow i'd never thought about bitcoin this way now obviously there's a lot of things i disagree with but but i just in, in broadening your horizons and understanding dif different perspectives is well worth uh, looking into what he's written. Uh, but yeah. uh, Arkinox, let's 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 keep this moving. Sure. Uh, Crash Glow. 
yeah. what is that? Is that a steam replacement? Yes, that's a steam replacement. Although uh, it was kind of just a, a hackathon project, and I haven't had much time to work on it since the hackathon. But that is the idea. I'd love to. I'd love to spend more time on it. Um, it is open source, so if anybody wants to help out, that'd be awesome. But basically, the idea of Crash Glow was how do we publish video games on Noster? And we figured it out. And now you can, uh, right now it only works for Pico 8 games, but we're, we want to add support for other web game formats, uh, including Tick 80 and uh, Unity. I think, yeah, you can publish you can publish to the web on Unity and other, other publishing uh, platforms, or other, uh, sorry, game engines. So yeah, you can take your Pico 8 game, you upload it to Crash Glow, it splits it into as many pieces as it needs to fit into Noster events, and then it just blasts them out onto Relays. Then when you take that game ID, which is like an event ID, you can paste that in and just load the game, and it instantly repieces it together and boots it up so you can play the game in your browser. Um, it also has the feed on the homepage of CrashGlow.com where you can check out like games that have been published. Um, so far, all the games that have been published are basically just like half-finished games that I've built. <laughs> so enjoy. <laughs> but the idea is that ultimately, um, I came up with a system that I haven't had time to build where you could have your game paywall uh, for either, well, mainly I designed it for Cashew, um, but it could probably work for Lightning too. I'm not as much of an expert at Lightning because um, it's more confusing to me, but... You could basically paywall your game so that you could insert a coin to play or to get a new life or to like buy the game outright. There's all these different ways that you can monetize it with Cashew. And then Cashew is great because it gives the payer perfect privacy from the developer. So the developer doesn't have to know who you are, but they still get paid uh, in Bitcoin directly. And it's it's just a really compelling idea that you could have, you know, an insert coin to play kind of gaming in the internet money era. And I think that's just something that needs to be explored um, and, and built on so that we can make sovereign game publishing a thing, because I think it would be really cool. Yeah, Noster and gaming is uh, definitely coming. Uh, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it, it's coming big in the next uh, year, year and change. I know you talked with uh, my local dev legend, uh, Santos. Um, yeah. But we, we, there's, some, there's some things that I... I've I've seen and heard that really excite me about the gaming and and you're just kind of like you're the cherry on top with it all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it thanks. sounds like that's really like your passion project um, beyond oh, yeah. the uh, beyond the cyberspace all the way going back to uh, Sonic. Is Sonic yeah. in cyberspace? By the way, did you uh, I mean, did you place him in there? No, there's actually nothing really in cyberspace yet. I need to work on like the standards for how to put objects into your construct. Uh, but you know, we'll get there. So how do you find time in the day to work on all these projects? That's a great question. I did it all just, you know, passion project, free time stuff before, which was really difficult. But then, um, I applied for an open sats grant for just some part-time work on cyberspace because I wasn't quite ready to, you know, uh, quit my day job and I got it. Uh, I was super surprised. I was like, holy cow, I did not expect that. Um, so that was super flattering and awesome. And so one day a week, I'm able to work on cyberspace full time. Well, full time, one day a week, you know, eight hours uh, every I, every Friday, basically, I set aside for cyberspace and full time um, is relative, right? Yeah, right. It's, it feels like full time because I just try to cram as much as I can into that eight hours. It's like, uh, and your mind is thinking the rest of the week about that. Yeah, next yeah. Eight hours. I'm like, what's my next to do? I'm going to get it done. Like, at, you know, 7am when I get up and work on it. But um, 
Yeah, that's so I do that one day a week and then I have my my day job uh, the rest of the week. But I did apply for uh, a full time grant to basically expand my existing grant into full time to fully commit to cyberspace development, um, which I, I think would be amazing. And so I'm, you know, I'm just kind of waiting to hear uh, back what happens on that. But we'll see. Well, I would and, love and, to move into it. And you're proof that, uh, you know, apply, uh, you know, they might, they mm -hmm. you might get a grant. Um, it's not like, uh, you know, I think the first step is really applying yourself and applying uh, physically uh, to the, to the grant itself. Yeah. Honestly, the open stats grant process is super, super, super crazy easy. Um, I did the app. My first time I fired off the application in like five minutes. I didn't even really think twice about it. And the second time when I did, you know, just recently I was like agonizing over my application for like two weeks. Um, but yeah, I think the reason why I got it is because I had like been, I've been committed to this project and working on it. And I had all of this proof of work, you know, the Ono Sendai Telegram group has almost a hundred people in it. I have all these open source repositories. I have this stuff that you could look at. Like, I think it was easy for them to see that, like, yeah, I'm making something happen here. Um, and I think I, I would recommend that. It, that's probably the key. If you want to get a grant, like, make something happen because uh, then they can see that you're really, you know, making stuff happen. And then it'll probably go a little bit quicker or easier. This is the way. Yeah. It's proof of work, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you looking for help? Uh, you, you mentioned that Telegram group. Uh, is that somewhere yeah. where people can jump in and and kind of uh, get on your GitHub and 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 kind of ap approach it uh, with maybe new new eyes, uh, help where they can, kind of develop on it? Yeah, you have no idea how much I want help on these projects. Um, <laughs> I am. I am desperate for people to jump in and help me out with these projects um, because they are big projects. Uh, they're really, really big and I don't feel qualified, but I just feel compelled to press onward and to do my best um, to try to make it happen. I would love some expertise from outside my field. I would love uh, anybody with any kind of skills to hop in and help because, yeah, I just, I, I think that, and, and you know, another thing is that if I'm actually building cyberspace as this thing that humanity is going to use, I should not be the one who decides everything. I don't want to be in control of that. I don't want it to just be up to me. I want everybody to have their input and to help build it with me. Um, but I also recognize that it's such a crazy out there idea that maybe nobody really understands what I'm even talking about. And so um, they're just kind of on the sidelines, like, cheering me on and waiting for something to make more sense so that they can hop in and start helping, which I totally get. Um, and I'm happy to explain cyberspace to anybody. I, I will hold anybody's hand and get them through the process if they want to contribute. Um, I actually really enjoy explaining stuff to people. So it's really not a problem. Uh, there's no stupid questions in my telegram groups. Love it. Uh, so, Arkanox, what can we look forward to? Is there any call to action for the community that's listening on the live uh, in the live audience or to the recording? Uh, yeah, I mean, my call to action is is always the same. It's uh, let's let's talk about cyberspace. Let's imagine cyberspace. Let's read sci-fi. Um, let's think about and make art about and talk about the world that we want to live in and the types of tools and experiences we want to have because all of that is super super relevant to what we're building uh with noster and cyberspace 
Um, I recently reached out to a YouTuber who just makes these kind of cool background ambient videos that just have like background noise for you to work to. And he just had this like aesthetic that really vibed with me in the whole cyberspace thing. So I just sent him an email and I'm like, hey man, your videos are cool. Like I'm doing the cyberspace project. I thought maybe you would find it inspiring. Um, you know, hop into the telegram. And he he topped into the telegram like the next day. And within a couple of days, he had made a video on YouTube about cyberspace that was like a cyberspace soundscape. It was super cool. And I was just amped about it because I and I told him like nobody knows what this stuff looks like uh we need to just we need to make art about it and we need to imagine it and we need to kind of like let let our imaginations run wild and the more we talk about this thing that is the cyberspace this virtual place the more real it becomes and it kind of gives us this vision to work toward and most importantly it's a vision that's outside of like the corporate headquarters of meta so um that's my call to action just get involved and be creative and, and imagine what you want this to be and let me know because <laughs> i would love to to have more input on it um i feel like i'm pretty creative but i just uh i feel like it's a really really big burden to carry by yourself you know so yeah for, for yeah. sure Canox. go ahead go to lauren yeah just as i'm listening here uh man i keep having visions of uh tron in my head mm -hmm. and <laughs> um do you do you see um ways that you know could ai plug into cyberspace i mean it seems like oh, a yeah. pretty natural fit and like what would the ramifications of that be or the the utility of that and so on yeah so i had a really cool idea um where you could make an ai that is physically constrained to a physical place and so the only way you could interact with that AI would be to be within the boundaries that it is it is a copy, uh, you know, occupying. Um, and I thought that was a really really interesting idea because you could have an AI that's it's like a specialist or a helper for like a specific building or for you know a whole country you could have like an AI that represents you know like a, it's like a help desk for your for your nation or your city or you could have an AI that follows you around cyberspace and you can have it do things for you. Um, it's kind of cool because cyberspace lets a, a digital thing have a physical presence. And so I think that there's all sorts of ways that that could be used that we can't even really imagine quite yet. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty mind blowing. Corn, you were <laughs> thinking, you were thinking Tron. I was thinking lawnmower, man. <laughs> well, I'm like, are we going to have an Arcanox version of clue, you know, his, uh, his, his digital <laughs> counterpart? I mean, if you if you want to uh, have that as your avatar and ride around cyberspace like that, that'd be, that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. No, I I'm I'm just kind of sitting here trying to get my head around a little a little part of it as you're talking. I feel like that's that's also my challenge when I work on it is just getting my head around like what this all means and uh and where it's going but i'm just trying to build the tools and the protocol to be as as simple and usable and robust as possible so that we can kind of build anything on it i mean i've had a lot of interest from people who want to build video games in cyberspace um you know i don't think that cyberspace is just for gaming by any means but uh you know there's we just want to be able to build kind of anything on it because that's you know it's like reality where you can kind of build anything in reality almost Avi, did we move the Overton window on the other stuff? 
I th I think we did, Kidobi. Uh, I I will say, Arkanox. Uh, I, I think part of the call to action is certainly to touch grass, right? Yeah. You, you don't want to stop doing that. For sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I I'm not I'm not going to stop doing that. So I don't recommend anybody else does either. So I think we did shift to Kidobi. This is the way. <laughs> no, this was a this was a fun show. I'm I'm really uh, appreciative of uh, you you coming on. Um, I I kind of knew who you were already. I knew you were going to speak well, and I, I I learned a lot. And I I just honestly I, my takeaways I want to learn more. So I think that's the important part about um, you know doing these shows is is increasing the awareness to where we're intrigued and we're curious. Awesome. Well, that just makes me super happy to hear, and I'm obviously flattered and honored to be uh, a guest on your show and and to have this time and space with you guys um and i'm always available to answer more questions or to chat about whatever um i'd love love to be back again and yeah i just appreciate you guys having me yeah and looking forward to seeing you uh at at uh the culture shock event we can touch, <laughs> touch grass together. yeah no i'm looking forward to it too well thank you Arkanox. <laughs> thank you to our live audience listening in and thank you to uh, the folks listening to the recording on. I, and if you are, I hope you're doing it on Fountain, where you can earn sats while you're doing so. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I'm heading to Nostra PHX, PHX meetup right now. So my call to action is get involved locally. Uh, appreciate you all. Thank you. <laughs>